0: Well, there are phrases and sayings we hear that have become well-known. You've probably heard of the phrase, best of both worlds. Maybe the saying, speak of the devil, <laughs> when someone comes walking in. Um, or the phrase, seeing eye to eye. You know, all these phrases I mean, you wouldn't actually, it's not actually happening or you're doing, but it's just a saying that we know of. Another one is when pigs fly, that, that as well, too. <clears throat> but uh, here's another phrase that uh, you, you may have heard of. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are two kinds of people in the world. You've heard it so many times that it's probably the only part you remember. It was originally credited to Mark Twain. Whatever follows this statement is usually an oversimplification which is okay, because simple things are sticky things. We remember them. For example, someone put this phrase into a graphic representation. For the card players out there, there are two kinds of people. As you look at that, you'll, you'll get it in a moment here, hopefully. You'll go, oh yeah, two kinds of people. For the gift givers, there are two kinds of people. For the fast food community there are two kinds of people. If you have noticed look where the ketchup is. For the for those who organize their smartphones there are two kinds of people. For those who drive there are two kinds of people. <laughs> Pity those who have to have the automatic cuz they don't know how to drive the other one but For those who wake up to their smartphone alarm, there are two kinds of people. And of course, for the age-old question, there are two kinds of people. And the point is, point is, it's sometimes better to oversimplify some things to help remember them because sometimes, and you can change that graphic if you want, (laughs) thank you. toilet paper behind me. Because sometimes the oversimplifications are actually start, uh, startling to us and, and it causes us to think. Anyway, here's another helpful oversimplification. There are two kinds of people in the world, people who make a difference and people who make excuses. Which kind of person do you want to be? The kind of person who makes the world better and maybe the people around you better? Or do you want to be a person who lives behind what we've called paper walls? Do you want to be a person who lives behind excuses that you disguise as reasons? And at the end of the day, they're just excuses. So today, we're wrapping up our series on paper walls, moving beyond the excuses that holds you back. And we said throughout the series that, uh, that there are things worth carrying forward from season to season and one year to another year, such as good habits, good friends, and there are things we should leave behind, and this series is all about something to leave behind, namely our excuses. And whatever our excuses are, they need to be abandoned once and for all. We said throughout this series that excuses are a lot like paper walls. From a distance, they look like real and movable obstacles or actual reasons. We present them that way to ourselves and other people, and before we know it, our excuses become becauses. They're becauses we retreat to when certain topics come up, when certain people come in, uh, when certain challenges come up they're all they're, they're because is that we hide behind and we defend ourselves with why don't you well because why haven't you because why do you always because why do you act that way because why don't you give that up well because why don't you just talk to him why don't you just talk to her because why don't you forgive them well because why don't you call your mom <laughs> because why don't you call your dad because, why don't you reach out? Because, because, it just keeps on going. And often, as we said, our because isn't the cause. It's an excuse, masquerading as a cause. So in this series, we've been asking this question, hopefully a question that's been ringing in your ears and your heart as well. Is it possible, is it possible you're missing out Because you've walled yourself in. Is it possible that there's something on the other side of your excuses that is good? Is there something on the other side of your excuses that you would benefit from? Is there something on the other side of your excuses that would allow you to make the people around you better and make the world better? And is it possible you're missing out because you've walled yourself in with these excuses, these paper walls? that you've manufactured and have yet to move beyond. Most excuses are based on fear. I almost didn't come here to Happy Valley 18, 19 years ago because I was afraid. (laughs) At the time, I didn't say that I was afraid. (laughs) I had other reasons. I've never been a pastor before. I've just been a youth pastor, I know that, I don't know senior pastoring and being the lead pastor of a church. I wasn't looking to be a, a, a senior pastor. I, I, I don't know how to organize or operate a church. What do I do? I might need more teaching. and And so on, and so on, and because, and because. These were paper walls as to why I wasn't going to become the pastor of Happy Valley Community Church. But I would never say it was, it was because I was afraid, because fear wasn't a reason you give. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be brave. The pastor's supposed to be confident, right? Isn't it true that fear of failure is difficult to admit? Fear of failure is difficult to admit, especially to ourselves. What if I fail? What if I fail? (laughs) As uh, George McFly said, I don't think I could take that kind of rejection. For those of you who know Back to the Future. Anyway, so that type of thing going on in my life, it was a difficult situation for me. I remember coming to Happy Valley sitting in that office right there where Pastor Dave Kokendorfer had his office, and sitting in that chair going, what have I done? (laughs) What is going on? And I did have that idea in my mind, what if? What would happen if I fail? And what would happen? And then I started thinking of other things and just started to pile on. What about... This, what about that? How am I going to be doing these things? What do I do next? Oh, i got to preach this next Sunday too. Ah, and and then the following Sunday and all the other Sundays from there on until infinity and beyond. I just think, wow, there's just too much to, to deal with. And in that moment, as I was pouring my heart out to God that way, saying, are you sure you have the right guy for this? Because I'm not so sure. What about this? What about that? What about these things? And every way, every point, just like God with Moses, he met every excuse I threw at him. (laughs) Every point. He was dispelling my fears and helping me through my paper walls. See, our fear comes from several things. But fear is the seabed for excuses, and it often stems from something you've experienced once and don't want to experience again. Just think about that moment that you've had. Caused you fear, scared you to death. I'm not going back there again. Don't want to experience that again. It creates fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of abandonment. Most of the time, we don't know where it comes from. Something just triggers are because narrative. Something just triggers that. So off we go and we don't grow and we bring up excuses and we're stuck. Excuses are like kryptonite to the soul. They kill us slowly on the inside. They kill us on the inside because we're not able to do the thing that we're created to do. We're not able to be the person that we're we're created to be. Excuses make us small, they make us selfish. They make us unavailable relationally. Excuses are fueled by a lie and we end up lying to other people. What happens? You miss out. You miss out, and also the world misses out on you. It's all because an excuse became the boss of you, became a tyrant, a a, a king. And it says, you can't try that, you'll fail. You shouldn't do that, you know what happened last time. Or you already tried, look what happened. Somebody already did that, somebody already tried that, somebody already wrote that, started that, or failed at that. And we listen to that. And here's the worst thing, you miss out on God's plan for you. If there is a personal God who knows you and can hear your prayers, and I believe there is, and most, if not all of us, believe this, and if God has invited you to speak to Him as your heavenly Father, then He may have a specific plan for your life, (laughs) don't you think? There may be something unique to you that God wants you to do. You can't just say, "Well, no, not me, Lord." How about that other person? That person's much better than me. God's got something for that person. Whatever God is has, whatever God's plan for you is, it's yours. It's your plan. Nobody else's. God knows that. And if He's tapping you on the shoulder about it, it's your plan. His plan for you. How are you going to respond? And it's a plan that God has for you and wants you to do. Not so you can be all you can be, but so you can be all you were created to be. We've been created to be something unique and to do something unique. And if we're not careful, we can miss it because we live behind excuses or these these paper walls. The Apostle Paul described it this way. In a letter to Christians living in Ephesus, In the first century, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's creation. All things, all created things have a purpose. Think about it. In your house, those things that have been created, they've been created for a certain purpose. The toaster, the the microwave, the refrigerator, all these things have been created for a purpose. God has created you as well, too, for a purpose. Purpose, a certain thing, specific job—you have been created with a purpose as well. And then Paul addresses a subset: for we are created, we are God's creation, created in Christ Jesus. Now this is Paul's code for participating in Jesus's new covenant. Those embracing his new covenant command are to love others. As Jesus loved us, now if you're you're a Christian or Jesus follower, God has a plan for you that goes beyond you, and it is to it is to do good works. For we're we're God's creation, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God has something for you to do, and this isn't about being good for goodness' sake, <laughs> or even for your sake. This is about being good for others' sake and the world's sake. So God, we we are God's creation, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What if God has a plan and purpose for your life? What if you're missing out because you're hiding out? You're, you're, You're excusing out and opting out because of, fear, or insecurity, or something someone called you or labeled you? What if that is holding you back from what it is that God created you to do and to be? See, excuses are subtle ways of refusing to take responsibility for your life. We hide behind those paper walls and we throw out the excuses that we think are reasons And for Jesus' followers, excuses can become a subtle way of resisting the will of God for our lives. Like I mentioned Moses. The excuse that he gave God, many excuses of not being the leader. He almost missed out. As an example, we've been commanded to forgive others. As Jesus' followers, we've been commanded to forgive others others. Our excuses, our paper walls have the potential to make us miss God's will for our lives. If we put up the excuses, we put up what we think are reasons that are just excuses or just the paper walls of why we shouldn't forgive somebody, and we're missing out. We're missing out on God's plan, what he has for not only you, but maybe also that person you need to forgive as well. Our excuses and our paper walls have the potential to make us miss God's will for our lives. So as we wrap up this whole series, I'm going to give you five not-so-easy, not-so-easy steps. Five not-so-easy steps to be able to take care of these paper walls, breaking through these paper walls that are holding you back. And let me give you a warning. If you're serious about this, then you're going to get your feelings hurt. You are. You're going to get your feelings hurt by you. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. But if you're honest with yourself, these have the potential to change your life, change your relationships. I assure you that uh, what you discover about yourself, (laughs) the folks around you have known for some time already. They're just waiting for you to make that decision. They won't be surprised. They'll just be relieved (laughs) that you finally figured it out. So, step one, step one, identify them. Identify them. We're talking about these excuses. Identify them. You can't abandon an excuse you haven't identified. (laughs) You You can't walk up to someone and say, you need to be rescued, if they don't know they need to be rescued. If you don't know the excuses you're given... You can't identify them there's there's no way of getting around those paper walls. There's no way of getting through those paper walls because you're still just hiding behind them and you don't realize that it's something that you need to take God needs to take care of in your life and the best way to identify them is to listen to your becauses. listen to your becauses. I can't because I quit because. I moved on because I'm not talking to her or him because I have this debt because I don't go to church because I don't believe because. And when you catch yourself becauseing, write it down. Write it down. Record it, even if it doesn't make sense. Even when you realize you're excusing. You do that, you identify it, you catch yourself. Then you realize, wow, that's just an excuse. It's not a reason. Identify them. Step two, interrogate them. Interrogate them. Now this is where you might hurt your feelings. (laughs) Interrogate your becauses. Ask the question, why? Why do I immediately opt for that particular because? When you're going through life and those situations come up and that because seems to be a good one to hide behind, why? Why do you do it? Why do I make that excuse whenever that topic or that person or that question or that relationship or the part of my past or that issue comes up? Why do I immediately go back to because? Ask yourself, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? Who? (laughs) Who am I afraid of? Because again, fear kind of propels these excuses, causes these paper walls to be constructed. What am I afraid of? Who am I afraid of? And ask yourself some difficult questions as well. Am I just being lazy? Am I just being lazy in this situation? Don't want to do this because I just want to stay home. Or am I just being selfish? Don't want to do this because that's just not what I want to do with my time. I don't know if I want to... Spend that, uh, that moment with that person or that group because, well, I just don't, don't care to be with them as much. Are you being selfish? Are you, or am I just being insecure? Some good questions to ask yourself as you interrogate them and ask yourself the questions why. And don't move ahead until you have the answer as you interrogate your becauses. So your response will clarify whether this is an actual reason or just a made-up one. If it's a brick wall or a paper wall, <laughs> because those paper walls can be torn down easily. Answering the why will reduce the power of the excuse. So When you look at that the situation before you and you bring up this reason that's actually an excuse... Ask yourself, why? Why is it? And when you bring an excuse into the light, it gets lighter. It gets smaller. It gets sillier. It gets more ridiculous and becomes disposable. Then it's easier to leave behind. But it's a tough question to ask yourself because it kind of digs at areas in your life that might be a little painful, might not want to expose so much out there. Then step three, step three is relabel them, relabel them. That's not a reason you'd tell yourself. That's not an excuse. You tell yourself, you relabel them, say it out loud. That's not the real reason, that's, that's just an excuse. It's an excuse I created, a paper wall I built. And if I built it, if I built it, I can tear it down. It can be torn down, if I built it. And you can say, I'm not a victim, I'm not a prisoner to my past or to my failure. I'm not a prisoner to my fears. And you say, I've been created by God with stuff to do. God's got a plan, and he's got something for me to do. I've been created to do and to be what God wants me to be. I have a life to live and a world to improve. And when you relabel them and you you realize those things and Speak it out loud what those excuses might be and you're on your way. you have nobody else to blame, you hold all the cards and you're back in the driver's seat. You cut ties with the lies. (laughs) You've disabled the labels. And this is the best one. You've sent your justification on a permanent vacation. (laughs) Once you've begun to acknowledge this, the truth has begun to set you free. And you are free to be and to see, and to love, and to do, and to, and to be fully you who God made you to be. And step four, step four is the nail in the coffin. Step four is the nail in the coffin of your excuses. If you'll take that one go-to excuse and do this step four, it may give you the energy and courage to push through your paper walls. Step four, answer the question, what do I lose? if I continue to excuse? What do I lose if I continue to excuse? List the consequences. What will you lose? What do you give up? Who do you give up? Talking about relationships. What do you miss out on? Who do you miss out on? Who misses out on you? What is that one excuse costing you? Whose respect do you lose? What opportunities do you lose? What do you lose if you continue to excuse? And as you answer those questions and realize where you're at, you'll discover the price is too high. price is too high. There are no do-overs in the areas that matter most because often when time is gone, the opportunity is also gone. You don't want to get to the end of your life and look back with regret. Regret says, I should have, I could have, but I didn't. My becauses weren't the causes. They were just paper walls. And I know you don't want to end up that way. And I know you don't want to look back on that and have that happen. And I don't either. <laughs> I don't want to either. So you gotta answer the question: what do I lose if I continue to excuse? And then step five kind of completes it. Tell somebody. And this is a two-part type of step. Of course, tell somebody that's next to you that you love, that you you can trust. Be able to do that. Uh, there have been moments already, these these Sundays, I've heard people already say something, and then and then they say, oh, you know what? That's just an excuse. <laughs> You're right. I'm making an excuse. And they would laugh about it. I've heard that. But they would tell it out loud. They would tell somebody. That was an excuse. I, I have no reason. <laughs> I have no reason to do whatever it is. They called themselves out on it. Those around them knew better. Those around you know better. So tell somebody. And the other one you need to tell, of course, is God. The one who can help you through these paper walls. Now, we could do these steps. We can follow all five, go through them. But if we don't include God in it to help us, then we're going to fail. Because we're trying to do it on our own power, we're trying to do it by ourselves. We want to be clear of those paper walls and God is the only one who can eradicate all those paper walls in our lives. We can't do it on our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives for that. But isn't that how you want to live? Free of paper walls? Imagine if everybody decided to live this way came clean with their excuses. What would happen in our world? What would happen in our families? (laughs) Next time something comes up, husband, what kind of reason will you be giving? Or is it just an excuse? Wife, what kind of reason will you be giving? Or is it just an excuse? What would happen? In our church, we stopped giving excuses. A lot of opportunities that lay ahead for us. A lot of opportunities for us that we can grab hold of. But are there any paper walls that are keeping us from doing that? As I mentioned before, if you don't identify your excuses, you'll excuse your life away. Nobody wants that to happen. That's too high a price to pay. You were created in God's image to create something good in the world and for the world. And Anything that's an obstacle to discovering and doing it is something you need to get rid of. So let's decide. No more hiding. No more excusing. Make up your mind. After all, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who are not you. And there is someone who is you. And only you can do what God has created you to do. You don't want to miss that. So be done with the paper walls. Life is too short, the world is too broken, and God is too great. Allow these paper walls to keep on. Walling you in. So, identify them, interrogate them, relabel them. Consider what you're giving up or losing if you don't. Then be done with them. Asking God's help in all of this as you tell somebody. If you're going to tell anybody, tell Jesus. You'll be able to help you through these things. And we should pray. Pray. We should pray every day. We should pray, Heavenly Father, I want to see me the way you see me so I can be who you created me to be for the sake of the world and the people around me. We can be a blessing to so many people if we get out of our paper walls and see what's there on the other side. There are things worth taking with us from season to season, year after year. Excuses are not those things. Excuses need to be left behind. Again, for your sake, for your family's sake, for the sake of your future, for the sake of the community and for sake of the world, for sake of our church. Excuses need to be left behind. Leave your excuses behind and invite the light of the world to light up your life. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have presented to us. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your challenge to us as well. In these last weeks that we've been talking about these paper walls, I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one of us to identify what those excuses are so that we can get through those paper walls by being able to allow you to take us through them. Basically to be real before ourselves and before you and before others. And I pray, Lord, that we would be done with excuses in our lives so that we can thrive in our relationships, that we can thrive at life. And be a blessing to those around us. But Lord, it's only from your power, your help, be able to get us through those paper walls. And I would pray, Lord, that today, if you are tapping us on the shoulder, saying, yeah, you know, those are some excuses that you've made. There's some paper walls that I want to, I want to bring you through. Because there's something so wonderful on the other side that you're missing out on. Lord, help us to set aside those excuses and to get real with ourselves. Lord, thank you that you are the one that can help us and that you want the best for us. You want us to live that abundant life. So, Lord, I pray that we would lay aside those excuses and grasp on that abundant life that you have for us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for how you're going to work in our lives. And as there are some maybe here today that are praying about those paper walls and for you to help them through them and to tear them down, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring assurance that you hear our prayers and you are going to work in our lives and you will have and you are working to bring that about. Give us the the trust, (laughs) the confidence in you that you will do it so that we can do and be what you've created us to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for taking us through. And we look forward, Lord, to how you're going to use us for your glory. We love you, Lord, so very much. your name we pray. Amen.